0: folks here we are it's Wednesday the 18th of January and man what a great day it is I woke up and I'm on this side of the grass so anyway I'm Tom young and I'm here for AnchorFM.com podcast called money shifts and the family money farm group live on Facebook you need to join the group you need to become part of what's going on you need to share this information I think you'll find it quite interesting today. I had a great radio show yesterday and I'm going to continue some of the information today that I was espousing yesterday. You know, the title of the talk today, you know, what are we doing wrong? Because so few people are actually getting ahead in life. So there's got to be something wrong with the equation and we need to figure that out and try to fix it in each of our lives. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody around the world. This Wuhan virus that has come out of China and spread quickly around the world and has literally destroyed businesses, taken people's lives to the tune of millions around the world. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for those whose health has been impaired because of this virus or the vaccinations that they took. We pray for those who have been lost. We pray that the Lord would gather them in his arms and take them off to his kingdom of heaven above. In Jesus' name we pray. We also add our prayers this day and every day for those in this Ukraine war, Russia, Ukraine. We pray that the Lord would somehow intervene in these men's minds and help them to find some kind of solution, some kind of peace or resolve to stop the destruction and the killing in those countries. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, it's kind of amazing. I get on here, uh, you know, a couple days a week, and and I talk about a lot of different things, and I guess my camera just went dead. So I'm gonna switch cameras, so just bear with me a minute. We're we're gonna switch cameras. Since my other camera went kaputz, so we're good. Oh, there we are. We're back. We have another camera. So we turn the other camera on and, and uh, so we're back in play. Okay. So here we are. And and it, it it is amazing. I tried to change the battery in it before we started, but I was having trouble getting the battery out. So I figured, well, we'll take a chance and maybe it'll last and obviously it ran out. So we'll use the integral camera in the computer today. I want to start some, some. Insights. This is Golda Meir. Golda Meir was the founder of the state of Israel and served as its fourth prime minister from 1969 to 1974, born in Kiev, the Ukraine in 1898. She immigrated to Wisconsin in 1906. Her political activity began as a leader in the Milwaukee Labor Zionist party. After emerging, Immigrating to Palestine in 1921, she held key posts in the Jewish Agency and the World Zionist Organization. After Israel proclaimed its independence in 1948, she served as Prime Minister. (laughs) Excuse me, no. She served as Prime Minister of Labor and then Foreign Minister. She was appointed Prime Minister in 1969. During her administration, she worked for a peace settlement in the Middle East using diplomatic means. Her efforts at forging peace were halted by the outbreak of the Fourth Arab-Israel War. She resigned her post in 1974, but remains an important political figure throughout her retirement. Her true strength and spirit were emphasized when After her death in 1978, it was revealed that she had suffered from leukemia for 12 years. The only alternative to war is peace. The only road to peace is negotiation. Interesting comment, how appropriate it is as as we added our prayers today for the Russia-Ukraine war that's going on over there in that part of the world. It, it, it is amazing. We sit here and, and you know, I, so many people I know live paycheck to paycheck and, and they struggle every week. But but we do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. When our paycheck comes on payday, we look at it and, and say, oh, gee, it's still the same. We have an expectation of something different without doing an action or an activity that would be different. If you want different results, you have to put in a different action to get different results. If you do the same thing you've always done, you get the average of what you always got. And we're sitting here right now in America Looking at $31.5 trillion of debt, $173 trillion of unfunded liability. Don't worry, I'll get where the camera is in a minute. I'm sorry, I keep looking up there where my other camera is that battery went dead. But we, we look at what we're doing. We look at the debt of the government, $173 trillion, so we're So we're $204 trillion of debt and unfunded liability. And, and let's get a real perspective on the unfunded liability that's just the promises that our politicians have made frivolously with no conscious concept of how it would ever be paid and here we sit on the verge of collapse and america being bankrupt and and how that's going to resolve it, it is the strangest imagination that you want to apply to come up with a solution. That there is a solution discussed about on the internet called Nasara Jasara, N A S A R A, G A S A R A, and those are military solutions where we would declare that the Federal Reserve is bankrupt. It has loaned so much money in America that will never be paid back. So what good is a bank that has loaned more money out than it could ever get paid back? In 1987, the savings and loans in America went bust. Why did it happen? Well, first thing it was as the FSLIC, which was the savings and loan version of the FDIC that we know today. There were so many savings and loans that became insolvent The FSLIC couldn't catch up. So the whole system ended up in bankruptcy. There are no savings and loans anymore. They became banks. The few that survived became banks. The FDIC was set to destruct in 1991 or 92. There were three banks on the block that if those three banks would have been, would have failed, it would have crashed the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the same as the Federal Savings and Loan Insurance Corporation went bust in 87. So Greenspan was brought on as head of the Federal Reserve, and what he did is the high interest rates of the 80s had to go, so he lowered the interest rates dramatically and increase the profitability in banks to as much as 200% profit margin with their activities of loaning and paying interest on money. So Alan Greenspan, in my mind, is the one that saved the banks. But, But how did we get there? We have to talk about history. And it goes all the way back to the 1960s, 1967, when the Club of Rome was created. You can look it up. It's still there today. And the people at the Club of Rome are supposed to be the smartest people on the planet. And in 1967, 1968, they made their first prediction. Their goal was to look at the world and look at resources and what was going on around the world and try to use intelligence to predict where the biggest problem lie and how it would impact everything around the world. Then their first prediction was that the world would run out of crude oil by 1993. There was also a book written in the early nineties called The Great Reckoning of 1993 by a guy named Hawthorne and Rees Mogg. They were economists out of Europe and they wrote the book about a collapse of everything because we ran out of crude oil. Obviously we didn't run out of crude oil but let's go back to the beginning of the story and, and when the prediction was made that we were going to run out of crude oil in 1968 where was it believed that the majority of the crude oil on the planet was, and it was believed to be 85% of all the oil in the world was under the sands of Saudi Arabia in that area. So here we are today. And, and, and really, a couple of years ago, Donald Trump, through changes in laws and reduction of regulations, we came to find out that we have more oil and gas under the ground in the United States than any place else in the world. We have the largest gas and oil supply of anywhere. But yet we have a regime right now, a political regime that is set on destroying America, it appears. And they ended our independence, fuel independence that we lived a very short while, it was just getting ready to blossom and take off, that would have created prosperity beyond our expectation. And maybe even a big chunk of the debt could have been cleared because of what would have been created. But now we have this political regime that has no brains and no insight and no perception of anything it appears to be, to me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but here we are. So OPEC, was formed in 1969. Where did that come from? Well, there was an oil broker from Argentina named Perez. And he dealt with contracts and selling and buying oil around the world. But he also knew a group of men in Texas called the Texas Railroad Commission. Look it up, folks. I always encourage everybody, please do your own research. It is not, I don't want you to just simply accept what I say. I want you to do your own research to verify and create validity in your mind to what I'm talking about. So the Texas Railroad Commission, even as it exists today, controls and monitors oil and gas production in the United States, sort of like OPEC. (laughs) It was interesting because this, this, world oil broker went over to the Arabs and said, look, you you guys, if you could do what these Texas oil guys do, this Texas railroad commission, you have 85% of all the oil in the world. Imagine what you could create or do. In 1969, oil was a dollar 23 cents for a barrel of crude. You get that? Dollar twenty three cents. Some of you might be chronologically gifted enough to remember that. In nineteen sixty seven, I pumped gas at a gas station in Ambridge where I went to high school, and gasoline was a twenty seven and nine. Did you get that? Twenty seven cents. Twenty seven point nine per gallon on on, on, on a couple dollars on a Saturday night, we'd get a bunch of guys in the car and we could just ride around all night to Eaton Park and, and, and all over for a couple of bucks. Couple of bucks, that was eight gallons of gas. That was a half a tank of gas. So here we are, 1969, OPEC comes on the scene and three years later, oil was $12 a barrel. That's a thousand percent increase, folks. Oil went to $12 a barrel and Nixon, who was the president at that time was forced to take us off the gold standard. Did you hear that? The gold standard, which controlled inflation it controlled the money supply, the gold standard because of our dollars, our money said payable to the bearer in demand, gold and silver. We were importing so much oil from Saudi Arabia and the Mideast, the far Mideast, that he had to take our money and separate the money from the gold and silver. Otherwise, the Arabs could have wanted paid in gold and silver and cleaned out Fort Knox. I wonder how much money is really there today. I wonder how much gold and silver is really, really there in Fort Knox today. That would be an interesting insight to know. So in taking us off the gold standard, it opened what I refer to as Pandora's box. And the federal reserve now had carte blanche to print money from nothing and push it into the marketplace. And then we had the beginnings of inflation. Are you enjoying the inflation we're experiencing today around the world? It is not Putin's fault. It is the Federal Reserve, the monetary system and their printing of money from nothing, shoving it into the marketplace and devaluing yours and mine in the process. Now, I'm going to stop here because I'm going to come back at this again on Friday, and we're going to continue this discussion for several So you want to come back on Friday and hear the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. And the rest of the story is... But yet, you and I, as citizens of the United States, with the ability... the, The most sacred gift we all have is that ability to vote. And we continue to vote in the same politicians over and over and over again that continue to bury us deeper and allow this stuff to continue to go on, they take no responsibility because we can't hold them accountable. They're not accountable for anything that they do other than getting unelected, but we don't seem to think of that when election time comes. We don't want to vote somebody out. Well, they've been there a long time and they must know how to do this. Well, they know how to bury us in debt. They know how to take our rights away and and chip away at our freedoms of every kind. I'm speaking from my heart, folks. I have two little grandsons, one's five and one's eight. And, And, you know, the whole future is about them. Everything I do in my life is about making sure that those two little boys, when they grow up and become adults, they at least have access to some kind of opportunity if they're willing to work for it. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. You can get it by going to cfo-project.com right there. Put in your name and email address. You'll get an email and a link to be able to download both of my new books, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, and Financial Mastery Coaching, The Blueprint. God bless you all. We'll see you here in a couple of days. Let's keep the story going. Let's share what we're talking about. Let's make a difference. Let's touch lives and change people's thinking. It is really God's plan to be responsible and live a life with integrity and character. But we have to change the way we think, folks. Me included. I'm changing the way I think every day because I am searching out more and more information. God bless you all. We'll see you in a couple of days.